You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with J and J. All right, welcome, Sewing and Growing faithful. Let me know. Would you like a T-shirt? Um, that's no, actually, that's kind of a form of idolatry. I was going to say with our faces on it and our podcast. Maybe it's not. Maybe I'm thinking. Is that a graven image? Are they worshiping us? (laughs) No. No. I don't know why I would make t-shirts, though. Are you lifting yourself to a godly level to think that that would be idolatry? Let's move on. Let's talk about the weather once again, because last week we referenced fall, and it's even more fall. We've fallen even farther into fall, folks. That's a lot of Fs. (laughs) Um, When people ask you what type of weather you crave, majority of people will say the beach, sunshine, I crave storms. I crave overcast. I crave dark skies. Um, They say, man, you're kind of on staff at a church. Does everybody know that you're that dark? Yes. And I I think that's totally fine and acceptable. I I love stormy weather. I love stormy weather as well. Colorado storm. I haven't spent time in a hurricane. That's probably a little bit more storm than I want. But the Colorado fall, once it starts getting a little more overcast, cool mornings, you start pulling out your flannels, Ooh. your long sleeve shirts, the hoodies, the yep. things that have sat in the closet for a long time. The air, it's kind of interesting because fall literally is th- things dying. I say the leaves and the trees and stuff, things going dormant. But the air feels, smells way more crisp and clean and fresh than at any other point in the year. How do you explain that? I don't know. One time I was in a storm. This was recently. I was in a storm in Branson, Missouri. We were in a, we were in a trailer and the warnings went out and they said, get out of your trailers and seek shelter and something more permanent. But the storm was so bad. We couldn't leave our trailer. So we're huddled up in there. Lightning strikes a tree splits it and have falls on another trailer the, the tree right by our trailer the wind is blowing so sideways it snaps it, it falls on the trailer there was so much damage but we were not affected we were not harmed i don't crave that type of weather right there's if there's death and destruction no thank you i'm a man of god okay but a little bit of rain a little bit of thunder action a little bit of coffee on the front porch if you keep going in this way, I won't be able to finish this podcast no. because I'm going to be reminiscing so hard. I'm done. All right. Today, I want to tell you <laughs> to blow the trumpets. I'm going to talk about some leadership lessons from Numbers 10. You go, whoa, Numbers 10, blowing the trumpets? Where are you getting this material? Well, I am on a journey of reading the Bible in a year. And the way my plan is fashioned is you read some of the Old Testament, you read a little bit of the New Testament. You read some of the Old Testament, you read a little bit of the New Testament. You don't just go Genesis all the way through. You do Old and New Testament at the same time. More Old Testament than New Testament because the Old Testament is larger than the New Testament. And one of the books you don't look forward to getting to, I'm just going to be real, Leviticus and Numbers. Yeah. I actually was with one of the staff members like, whoa, numbers, rough book. And that was before I got to numbers. And I was like, am I going to get anything out of numbers? You think it's more rough than Leviticus? No, I don't. But he did. He was like, numbers, man. It's just a bunch of numbers, which is actually not true. There's more to numbers <laughs> than its title. Than don't judge a book by its title. Numbers is a lot more than numbers. <laughs> if I keep saying numbers, it's going to be crazy in here. 
I want to encourage you with this. This had to do with going through the Bible in a year. I'm only three days off. I can make that up. That's oh, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm about halfway. I didn't start at the beginning of the year, so I'm not quite to halfway. I'm only three days off. It's been going great, but this has helped me in the process is to expect to take notes from what I get out of the chapter. All right. That's true of anything. A big one that a lot of us millennials do is we listen to audiobooks. Yep. Which is great. Retention isn't quite as high as if you're sitting in a chair opening a hardback book. But your retention will increase if you go out of this drive that I get when I get to McDonald's and I'm two cars deep in the drive through I'm going to write down one thing that I got out of the audiobook. Yeah. And then it'll exponentially go farther if you reference what you wrote down. So I referenced what I wrote down in Numbers 10 from that chapter. And this is some leadership lessons. And where we are at in the book of Numbers, the 10th chapter, is the Hebrew people have been out of Egypt. They're on the way to the promised land. But before they went to the promised land, Moses brought them somewhere else. Where did he bring them? It's a mount. Oh, Sinai. Mount Sinai. The significance of Mount Sinai is that's where Moses encountered God in the burning bush. Mm -hmm. Which I heard this from a minister, and this is really cool, is that a burning bush was not rare in the desert. The reason being is they would have some flash floods, crazy weather, come on, thunder, Uh and lightning would strike bushes. So for him to recognize a burning bush... That would be crazy, but he saw it and he walked towards it and noticed the bush wasn't consumed by the Mm. fire. That's what made it stand out. So Moses had to have uh, an inquisitive question. Keen eye to detail. He had to have an eye to detail. He had to go, I'm going to look closer into that, which is what happens when we get things from the Bible. We have an eye to gather more information. So he brought the Hebrew people there. Some wild things (laughs) happened. He unpacked that bush. He unpacked that bush. <laughs> I don't know what that means. He took his shoes yeah, off he before he unpacked it. Okay. Yeah, he fleshed it out. He said, I want to take the Hebrew people to the place that I encounter God. And man, they encountered God. It scared them. They said, I don't really want to be that close to God. Moses spent a long time up on the mountain. You have Aaron making the golden calf. Not a good thing. Comes down. Moses gets a little angry, breaks the tablets, go back up on the what mountain. What a momentum killer. Comes back down. Tells them about this. A lot has happened at Sinai Sinai, and they're about to leave. Let's look at verse one and two. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, make two silver trumpets for yourself. You shall make them of hammered work. You shall use them for calling the congregation and for directing the movement of the camps. We know that communication is very important to leadership. So I'm going to be referring to the trumpets as the communication. So what's the purpose of the blowing of these trumpets? First off, calling the people together, assembly. Leaders should have the ability to sound out a call and get people to gather. I think about that when I have youth group, when I have my young adults group, when I'm trying to gather people to do something. If I call out and they don't respond, if they don't show up, am I really leading? Ouch. The sheep... The under-shepherd, we can say we're under-shepherds to some degree. Jesus is the top shepherd. Then you have pastors under-shepherds there. And then you have leaders under-under-shepherds. When you say, hey, come on, come on. And then the sheep will go, you go, nah, I'm all right. Are you really a shepherd? Are you Mm. really a leader? So first off, the trumpet was used to call people together, assembly. Secondly, to march out and especially unto battle. So... 
two different purposes. Sound the trumpet, use the communication, the blast, bringing people together and then going out to action. When we call out to people, are they actually acting out the things we're instructing them to do? Are they moving forward in their life? Leadership through communication. It mentions that these are silver trumpets that had to be fashioned. They had to be hammered and it could take two months to make. Here is a commentary about these trumpets. Alan is the man's last name says, I suspect that considerable time would have been necessary for Moses and or his artisans to make these trumpets of hammered silver. God may have instructed Moses to have these trumpets fashioned months before the people actually set out on their triumphant march. So here's a question we got to ask ourselves: How long have we crafted our communication? So Moses knew he's going to have to move these people, large number of people away from this. God says, you're going to make a trumpet. And he told him to do this well in preparation of when he actually blasted the trumpet. Now, when we communicate to the people that God has entrusted to us, how long have we taken to fashion the communication to communicate to them? How long have we thought about what we're going to say, pray about what we say, practice what we say before we say it to the people? Mm -hmm. John, is that really necessary? Well, yeah, words are very powerful. We are faith people, especially for us of this camp. The word of faith is in two places. It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. mouth. The spirit of faith means we believe and therefore we speak. speak. God could have made the earth in any way he dreamed of, but he chose to use his words. And if we are godly, godlike, are we valuing words and using them in the same powerful way that he does? Amen. You got anything to say? You're taking some. I'm going to save notes. it for the end. You know, I'd prefer if you did it. I'm going to try oh, to give okay. you some spots okay. to talk. I So, okay. I'll, I'll. I will honor your request. Why don't we play some pickleball? You yeah, return let's play the ball. Let's dink. Okay. Oh yeah, it's called dinking. Yeah. See, I don't have the right terminology. We're just dinking. Okay, it's a reset. Uh, no, I was thinking the person behind the trumpet is more important important than the noise coming from the trumpet. So you can just say something very loud, but if you've got no credibility and no respect, the, it doesn't matter how lo- loud the trumpet blast is. The person behind it is more important. You said, if no one's listening to me, am I really leading? Have I developed credibility with the people? You know, the king giving decrees from his throne, but never going down amongst the people to see how they live, that never gains any honor or respect. It's the king that goes down. So it's about being able to understand the audience that you're communicating to, relate, gain credibility, and then the noise coming from the trumpet will be something that's honored and respected and listened to. And then you talked about fine crafted communication. So is your communication intelligible or is it just a bunch of wrong notes? You're thinking about playing the trumpet. And if I'm playing a bunch of wrong notes, right, that's going to be the number one thing people are criticizing. Um, so they'll miss on, miss out on what I'm saying because the, the notes are in an unintelligible order. So when you talk about crafting your communication, I need to make sure that what I'm, what I'm saying is intelligible Otherwise, it's the same as someone just standing up trying to play uh, jingle bells on the trumpet, and it's all wrong notes, which is a personal story from when I was in band class at a choir, at a band concert, and I had to play jingle bells, which is the culmination of about three different notes, and I butchered it in front of everybody. 
I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Go ahead. You're gonna get, we're going to get into some of the stuff you just mentioned, but I want to say oh, this sorry. about fashioning. No, it's great. It's a great prelude to what we're going to talk about. These metal... I missed my mouth. Oh, he's still drinking a Coke Zero, folks, and he, he missed it. He got a little bit on his shirt, but that's okay. On the shirt. You can overcome that. These silver trumpets were different than the ram's horns. Think of a shofar. We know yep. about the shofar. Very valuable. But these trumpets were straight. So I think there's another point in this. When we're communicating to people, yeah. is it straight? Is it clear? Can people get the point of what you're yeah. saying? And also, silver in the Bible is a sign of purity. So have we hammered out? Because it says it's hammered work. Yeah. What are you saying about your message? Ah, I'm hammering some things out. Have you spent the time, hammered it out? Is it straight and is it pure in what you're saying? Because we've heard this. I don't think it's the best way. I know I don't necessarily get the most out of it. I preach this way a lot, but I'm just saying it's not the best. Like a fat man in a barbed wire fence, point here, <laughs> point there. What is that? It's curly. It's here, there, everywhere. Here's another one that I just learned. It's a Texas quote. You don't want to be a longhorn preacher. A okay. point here, a point there, and a whole lot of bowl in between. <laughs> That's good. So straight into the point communication. We're learning things about how to be a leader through Numbers 10. I'm blowing the trumpets. Look at verse three and four. When they blow both of them, all the congregation shall gather before you at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. But if they blow only one, then the leaders, the heads of the divisions of Israel shall gather to you. Both blasts draw two people. One blast draws hmm. the leaders. So I want to say this. It should be easier to lead a leader than it is to lead a follower. Everyone else required two. Leaders yeah. required one. Yeah. So what does that tell me? It goes back to something we talked about when I talked about sharpening mowing blades. Yeah. That the best leader is the one that follows the easiest. Yeah. Paul was an amazing leader. But he saw himself still as a follower. Mm. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. So what does it take to get you to follow? Yeah. If you're a difficult person to lead, your leadership's probably not yeah. going to be as strong. I think it's interesting that God tells Moses, blow it twi two of them for all the people, but only one for yeah. the leaders. That's a great barometer. If, you're, if you have leadership aspirations, take an account of how easily you listen. And you basically said what I was going to say, but it's what I was going to say, but it's good because it's your episode. It's our episode, man. This is J&J. &J. That's true. You brought in that great Jingle Bells contribution. <laughs> so why is a trumpet? Why a trumpet? Why is a trumpet useful? I wrote this down. Trumpet blasts are recognizable, distinct, and concise. Yep. Recognizable, distinct, and concise. Here's what Cole, that's his last name, had for commentary about trumpets. These instruments were about two feet long with very narrow tubes. And when blown in certain patterns, they emitted a bright and piercing sound that would communicate clearly to the people the desired intent. A couple things I noticed about this. I think we can base this off of 
word-based communication. As Christians, our leadership and our communication should be word-based. Doesn't mean you stand up and say, hey, brother, I know that you're in fear, but 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You don't necessarily have to do that, but I'm actually okay if you do. It's pretty cool to have the references memorized in your head. But what I mean are two things that are in this commentary. They emitted a bright and piercing sound. We know that Psalm 119, 130 says that the entrance of your word gives light. Mm. So bright communication would be word-based communication that when we communicate, there's something in our speech that inspires people with the word of God and paints a picture of hope and what their life could be that's beyond what this world has darkened their eyes to see. Secondly, It says that there's a piercing sound. We know that Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing Mm. to the division of soul and spirit. So when we communicate with the word involved in it, it cuts past all the things that they heard on the radio, that they just, it goes in one ear and out the other. The things that they swept through on their social media, it cuts to their heart. Mm and their thoughts, and makes them think that's word-based communication. And I think you could draw that from these trumpets. Mm. That's good. You know, I was just thinking about trumpets. Like a modern-day trumpet goes through a series of bends, and then it has three buttons and those, you know, restrict airflow and whatnot. Yeah, valves. That's the (laughs) press the trumpet button. (laughs) Um, It's just cool. It's, It's beautiful. And I was even thinking about like French horns. That's even more. Oh, I thought you I thought you were pointing at my Coke Zero. Like, give me a drink of that. I was referring to the pen. There you go. Um, we're sharing one pen. Uh, <laughs> thinking about all of the, I'm not gonna say unnecessary, but when we're talking about communication, those types of bends are unnecessary. So I was thinking about the Old Testament trumpet, and you were you referred to it as being a straight horn. So there was nothing in between the mouthpiece and the opening at the end. And if you remember the World Cup in 2010, I believe it was in Brazil, those horns that everybody had, they reminded me of the trumpets. I looked them up. It's called a vuvuzela, a vuvuzela, vuvuzela. That was pretty much the equivalent of what the Old Testament trumpet was like straight, narrow, loud, and to the point. So I was just thinking about just building upon the point that you already made. If your communication is like a French horn, there's a lot of unnecessary bends and turns. Might sound eloquent and pretty, but are we confusing people with just all of what what's like the the, the fluff? And what we're trying to say, you know, that would be the equivalent of beating around the bush. You're like, what am I, what are you trying to tell me? You need to be an Old Testament trumpet or a vavuzla from the 2010 World Cup. There you go. And I'm going to give some honor where honors due. I had a professor at Colorado Mountain College, and he's still a professor there. He's a realtor up in Aspen. His name is Bennett Bramson. And he has his four B's of communication that we use on the maintenance team here at New Creation Church. Uh, I don't think he came up with these. He may have, but I'm going to give him the credit because they came through him to me. And they summarize the points that we've learned. First off, be good. So what do I mean by that? You have to fashion. You have to hammer it out. It has to be good communication. Two months to form. 
I heard this from another minister in Texas. He said this, don't deploy what you have not developed. Mm. Be good in your communication. Secondly, be bright. Bright tones. Our communication should bring light and hopeful expectation. Again, word-based communication. Third, be brief. Short blasts. These were uh, trumpets that had boop, boop. If it was carried on long, it would just be noise. It was short blast. Don't be known for the amount of words you use. Be known for what those words hold in value. And then be done. Concise. Our communication should have an ending with clear action steps to follow. So again, the four B's of communication. Be good, be bright, be brief, be done. That's how we can communicate. And you can find these in Numbers 10 as Moses was about to lead the Hebrew people Mm. towards the promised land. I really like that all of these really profound leadership principles were found out of an Old Testament book that a lot of people just check off their list to say, I did my reading. I got through the Bible in a year. But all of the word of God is light and life and is inspired by him. So if it's put in there, you got to figure out why. And so sometimes it's way deeper than just telling you the genealogy of something, right? God wants you to gain something from all of scripture. So I think that's beautiful that you got that out of seemingly one of the most, the the least favorite books out of the Bible. If we had to rank them, you should not rank the word of God. But numbers, if we were to rank it hypothetically, would probably be down towards the bottom. Yeah. I don't know why I'm- You're whispering that. I'm whispering. God, I know you <laughs> heard that. God can still hear the whisper. <laughs> uh, Wisdom of the day? Um, let's see. I really liked what you said, how the both blasts drew two people, but one blast- uh, drew two the leaders. Groups, Sorry, basically. two groups of people. So people who were just followers, they needed two two blasts because they were probably busy in everyday affairs, eating. I think about I think about when Gideon kind of curated his army. God did it, and there's the people. He said if if they go to the stream and they just put their face down in it and lap like a dog, get them out of here. That's not a leader, right? A follower, somebody who's not a leader is too wrapped up in the current moment to see what's going on around them. So that's why those people needed two blasts. It's like one to get your head out of the water. What? Huh? Oh yeah, I'm supposed to go there, right? Um, And I think of like something that Zane said, which there's like a few different alert levels that people live on. White is basically, huh? Yeah, there's, there's white, right? Is it white? White, yellow, and orange. So white is, or red, yeah, white is basically the equivalent of having your head down in the water, not being aware of your surroundings or any circumstances. And with the story of Gideon, the people he did choose were the people who kept their head up and they drew the water in their their hand from their mouth and still observed the world around them. Yeah. He was basically saying like red is basically you're paranoid about everything, um, but yellow is a really great medium ground where... You understand where the exits are. You know you have an exit strategy. You're watching the people around you, but you still are involved in the current task. To put it simply, you're prepared. Yeah, you're prepared. So just thinking about the difference between followers and leaders and how 
you should already be attentive to what's going on. So one blast draws you to what you need instead of having the people who got kicked out of Gideon's army mentality. First of all, drinking water like a dog like that, man, you must be really thirsty. Have you ever drank in water out of a stream like that? I have actually. I'm belaboring a point that doesn't matter. I actually have. I hiked North Maroon for my bachelor party. And when I did it, I brought a life straw, but the life straw was so old that the filter on the inside was sealed up. Mm. So I had waited for a long time to get a drink and I got to this mountain stream and my life straw wouldn't work, but it was kind of over at edge. So what I did, I stuck my head (laughs) and drank deep. I did not go on that. You did. I had a, I had a tooth filling member and I had, was still recovering from a broken foot. I met you guys in Aspen and my face was all swollen. Remember that? I do. I don't remember your face being swollen. Maybe you're a little self-conscious about that. Maybe. It hurt too. I was like, oh, okay. And I had just shaved my face, which I had baby, it was baby face Jonathan coming to your bachelor party. No problem. All right. What's your wisdom of the day? My wisdom of the day. I really did enjoy what you said. It's more important who's behind the trumpet than the Mm. sound that comes from the trumpet. That's a great point. Credibility is very important, but that maybe still in lines with credibility have you hammered it out? Is yeah. it straight? Is it pure? Right. Have you taken time to develop it before you right. de- deploy it to the people that yeah. God's called you to deploy it to? So important. All of that adds to the credibility. Because I know I've presented a bunch of people with yeah. some half-baked muffins of communication. <laughs> and sure, they're not dry, but they're not what they should be. Yeah. <laughs> right. When you get really good at the four Bs, it builds your credibility even more. It all comes full circle. Amen. That's it. That's all I have for today. That's good. I'll pray out this podcast. Father God, I thank (laughs) you so much for today. I thank you for my brother, Pastor Jonathan, your word, the spirit making it life to us. And Father God, help us see the influence that we can have through our voice, through our credibility, through your spirit working through us, Lord. And I thank you that we'd be leaders, first of ourselves, secondly, to those around us, and that we would have a godly, impactful influence on the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to the Sowing and Growing Podcast. We look forward, and you should be looking forward to next week. I don't know what's in store for next week. Something good. But it's going to be good. We'll catch you next time on the Sowing and Growing Podcast with Jay and Jay.